bust my line, a couple beautiful girls tell me goodbye. Trucks break down, dogs run off, politicians lie, being fired by the politics. All right, welcome in. It's uh, going to be a little bit interesting seeing how this thing starts. Obviously, uh, this is the live reaction from the far end of the bench to first super wild card weekend game of the NFL playoffs late so far. And uh, obviously if you're a fan of the show, you know how much that meant to myself. Uh, it means a lot to the city of Cincinnati, but I, I spent the game on a self-imposed Twitter suspension. So I was able to take notes. I have notes on the game. I'll talk about my just initial thoughts. Obviously, if you want to hear a full breakdown reaction and, and get Nico's side of things to listen to the next episode of the podcast coming out on Wednesday, but starting things off just myself, uh, <clears throat> just wow. Kind of is the initial reaction. And, and if you are tuning in live on our social media at FEOTB pod, thank you very much. If you aren't, that means you should be following us and you should tell your friends to do so as well. But uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of, Thoughts, emotions, initial reactions that come to mind when thinking about a game like this. Um, and I think the main thing is that it's finally over. 31 years, uh, January of 1991, no longer the longest playoff drought in NFL history. The Lions, you now hold that distinction, so good on you guys. Uh, it's just incredible to think that it is finally – that's the one thing that I've been – having to deal with my entire time as an NFL football fan, as a Cincinnati Bengals fan, having that 31 year playoff drought was just brutal. It just never, never happened the way that it was supposed to. And, and obviously it's uh, crazy that it is finally done, but let's go ahead. We'll take a look at uh, some of the things that I had written down in this game. I, I took notes first half and second half. So starting off with the first half, Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan, there's a reason why Brian Callahan is getting looked at for head coaching jobs. Uh, speaking of which, the Broncos, Nico, keep your grubby mitts off my offensive coordinator. Um, but Brian Callahan and Zach Taylor had just an incredibly unique game plan, something that I haven't necessarily seen uh, other than just you know checking out the first portion of the Bills game and seeing how they're running Josh Allen. That was incredible. I think going back to that first fourth down that they were able to convert you have the near side formation where the running back is lined up offset of the quarterback. Quarterback motions Jamar Chase into the halfback position and they run a toss that way. It's kind of one of those no, 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 yes situations when it does finally work out. But I think Zach Taylor, Brian Callahan, for as much grief as I gave this coaching staff early on in the season, coaching really played a huge part into it. I'm not saying that they outcoached the Raiders side because I think that Rich Pisacchia should have solidified himself a job next season, but, uh, no, right, right now, there's just not a, a whole lot else to say other than Zach Taylor did what he needed to. Um, obviously, have to figure out how to score touchdowns in the red zone. I think if the Bengals were able to convert earlier on in that game, it's not a seven-point victory that comes down to the last play. Uh, if they were able to just, you know, that sack fumble, not getting a touchdown early on in the game sucked, and – there, there were other opportunities where they had the chance to really put the game out of reach and they never did. And then the defense obviously started losing out down the stretch. Thank you guys. Uh, if you're just tuning into the, to the live on our social media at FEOTB pod, shout out everybody, Nazir sports, uh, the Flukes podcast, DY 1852. Uh, no, I think that it, the good thing about the way that this game went, the Bengals obviously have a lot of things that they did well. 
I think going into the going into the halftime period, my stance on it was go in there, acknowledge the things that you did well, celebrate the things that you did well, but understand that you did so much wrong. And there were so many times that the Raiders should have probably been tied with you or maybe even leading you. Uh, and they just weren't able to get it done. So take what you did well, understand that you made a lot of mistakes. That's about as bad of a performance that the Bengals could have had to win a playoff game. And the fact that that's what ended the 32-year drought, I'll take it. Um, Burrow had a little bit of an off night. I think that there's some players that, that played a little bit over their head, played a little bit out of their body, so that's always great. Um, Burrow did levitate and throw a touchdown pass to Tyler Boyd. It's going to be known as Whistlegate from now on, and by the letter of the law, should it have counted? No. But were there other things, other breaks in that game that the Raiders were able to take advantage of and, and stay close into the game? I think that you can definitely look at the uh, timeout call on the third down with the roughing the passer. There's a lot of things. Just the officiating in general was god-awful. I think that officiating crews should be suspended from, you know, play the rest of the postseason at least, and I would suspend them from any major games moving forward through the 2022-2023 season, they almost single-handedly as an officiating crew ruined what turned out to be a very, very good, very competitive NFL playoff game. I don't think that there's a team in these playoffs, maybe other than Philly, that doesn't necessarily deserve to be here uh, or at least have a chance to win their game. Got to be better on third downs and fourth downs on defense for the Bengals, especially when you're giving up so many yards and putting your offense in kind of a hole, that was rough in the first half. Um, and just some of the guys that I pointed out on the Raiders that were outstanding, obviously Derek Carr goes without saying Zay Jones is a stud wide receiver in his fifth year in the league. He's going to be a guy that's going to have to be dealt with for a long time, whether it's in Oakland continuing forward or in another, another team in the league right now, Zay Jones is probably the best deep threat receiver that they have outside of Waller and Renfro. Uh, and if they don't keep Rich Bisacchio, the Raiders deserve to go three and 14 next year because that man, what he was able to do, taking over all the way back in October when the only controversy we were talking about with the Oakland Raiders or the Las Vegas Raiders was John Gruden's racist emails, then moved forward the week after. And Henry Ruggs has the fatal DUI crash incident move forward the following two days after that. Damon Arnett is posting videos of himself with guns on his social media. This guy was able to handle all of that. Same thing with Derek Carr. And this team honestly probably should have won that game. They should probably still be playing, moving on, and taking on probably the Tennessee Titans. And with the way that this team had won the last six games getting into the playoffs, there was a real – there was never a moment of comfort sitting there and watching the Bengals play the Raiders. There was always just that little thought in the back of your mind, a little bit of doubt – in the back of your mind that at some point they were going to be able to take over and <clears throat> they weren't able to fully get it done, but they really, they were damn close. And, and I'm just glad that it didn't happen. I'm glad that they were able to pull it off. Um, and, and even, like I said, as bad of a performance as it could have been in the second half, they're still able to get it done. Um, Chris Evans, CJ Uzama, T Higgins, I think is a guy that you can probably point out for the Bengals and say needs to play better if they're going to continue this playoff run. Uh, only a couple catches and had a couple key drops. So for as good as T Higgins was playing down the stretch, he really didn't show up necessarily in the biggest moments and in the best situations, but still able to get things done. That offensive line, I, I think they should get credit to Max Crosby did have 
a sack and they were giving up some pressure. Um, as long as the Bengals didn't put themselves in a situation where they had to rely on their offensive line and being able to handle it that way, that's all they really needed to do. Just get the ball in Joe Burrow's hands, give him a quick option. Jamar Chase is going to beat somebody deep, which he did a few times today. But Jamar Chase is a special wide receiver. Jamar Chase, we're going to be talking about in, I think, 10 to 15 years as a possibility of a Hall of Fame receiver, of one of the best receivers of all time, the way that guy is just able to hand fight at the top of his routes and get open with the speed and the agility that he does have. He, he's a rare blend of, of a receiver. Um, and I want to give a shout out to the Bengals fans also. The people that were out there that in the jungle is the la largest crowd that has ever been registered in Cincinnati in Paul Brown Stadium with over 67,000 people. And they were loud. They made it very difficult. I would say I would give them a little bit of a nod on that second to last drive that the Raiders had to make it a seven point game. They wasted one of Las Vegas's timeouts. And that's something you don't necessarily think about being from Colorado and obviously going to Bronco games pretty much my entire life. I've been in loud stadiums before, but that one, especially for a fan base in the Bengals, they get disrespected quite a bit and are told that they don't care about football as much as the other teams around the league. That was huge for them to be able to step up and force a miscommunication, force the Raiders to take a timeout. So shout out to everybody that was in the jungle. And I'm fully going into next weekend thinking that whoever the Bengals do play, whether it's uh, the Chiefs, if Buffalo is able to hold on and get the win over New England, like it looks like they're going to, or if it is the Titans, um, I, I'm fully expecting them to get beat. I guess I don't know if they're going to get walloped. In my notes, this was about the time where they started giving the game away. So I was pretty upset, and I said that they were going to get killed next week. They might not get killed. Their offense is good enough that they can pretty much play with everybody. They had very bad injuries at key times. My, Mike Hilton almost had to go out of the game for good, but Larry Ogunjobi did something very bad to his knee. He was carted off the field. Trey Hendrickson was being evaluated for a concussion. It's not all sunshine, sunshine and rainbows, but there's not a whole lot of negativity that you can feel when you break a 32-year-old curse. When you break something that you, in your heart of hearts, you had hope. Like I've had hope that the Bengals would win a playoff game but I didn't know it was going to come this early. I didn't expect it to be in this season of all seasons. I thought at most they were going to win seven games right now. They're sitting at 11 wins on the season. So whatever was done, I think that you just, for a guy that's been a fan of a franchise pretty much my entire life, that's not had franchise quarterbacks or when they are here, they try and get out as quickly as possible. Being able to see Joe Burrow play for my team and being able to see a guy like that, love to play for Cincinnati and love to play for that city. It's something that it makes me proud to be a member of this fan base. I'm proud that I was able to stick it out for the last few years of this 32 year streak. And I was, I'm here when they won their first playoff game, I'm here for them to go on possibly their first playoff run and whether or not it happens the way that I would like it to and end in Los Angeles with a Super Bowl victory is a step in the right direction. The monkey is off their back. Now moving forward into the next season, I don't have to hear any more about no text message has ever been sent about the Bengals winning a playoff game. No social media posts. It's all happened now. Send the text messages, post on social media, let the world know that the Cincinnati Bengals won a playoff game and that drought is over. Now it's full steam ahead into next week. Got to clean up a lot of mistakes. Um, but I think that they're in a good enough spot as any 
This is about as good a spot as they could have hoped for at the beginning of the season. And now moving forward, Zach Taylor, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. Why not us? I got to go back to CJ Uzoma's quote that he said at the very beginning of the season, at the end of the preseason, we hear all of the noise. We hear all of the trash talk. Cincinnati can't win. They're a trash franchise, all that kind of stuff. Why can't it be that? I don't see necessarily a reason as to why they couldn't end up winning it all. So that's kind of where I'm sitting. I don't have any higher expectations. I know Nico's going to tell me that if my expectations aren't up, it's the worst possibility for me to get let down. So uh, I'm not going to raise my expectations any. I'm going to celebrate the victory like I already have been a little bit tonight. And I'm going to get back on track and, and we'll be I'll talk a little bit more about it in specifics in the podcast, but wanted to get the, the live reaction out there since it was the first time in 32 years. If you are on our live, be sure to follow. If you're not following already on our social media at FEOTB pod, might try and do a little bit more of this moving forward through the playoffs and, and go live on social media, but be sure to check us out on the podcast Wednesday, uh, full audio version released on Wednesday. YouTube videos come out the rest of the week. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, ring the notification bell, become a bench warmer, interact with us. We'll go back and forth with anybody and everybody on social media. But with all of that, for myself, Jimmy Pilato, my co-host, Nico Bryant, we'll be back here on Wednesday for the episode of the podcast. But I hope you guys are enjoying your first couple games of Super Wildcard Weekend. And we'll be back here on Wednesday on the Far End of the Bench podcast. This is the blues I'm playing. Yes, it's a fine old thing When the night is cold and lonely This is a dollar bill Was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them prices and I made it a habit Towing them pictures and serving them addicts